Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. Lots of gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith, unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it, Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Match Day FM podcast. Christmas just around the corner and we're looking forward to what is going to be an absolutely brilliant couple of days of racing, both here and across the Irish Sea. We have the uh, King George at Kempton and another load of uh, good races from Kempton. Also the Welsh National at Chepstow. And then we've got a number of grade ones, some very tasty grade ones from Ireland, from Limerick and from Leopardstown. And with me, as always, Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall. And uh, we've got so much to cover. We need to uh, get on with it. We're tight for time. Let's start with the King George, the big race then of the festive period. Goes off at three o'clock on Boxing Day, over three miles, grade one, uh, with some stellar names uh, on the uh, list this year. And Ben has the runners and riders, or the uh, latest anti-post betting. We're we're recording this a few days before uh, the declarations come out. So, uh, Ben, if you could take that away for us. Yeah, well, Paul Nichols has a one-two to head the market. He's got last year's winner, Clandesorbo. is a 13 to 8 favourite um, with Sam Twist and Davis riding. Uh, Harry Cobden, uh, chose to ride Suriname, uh, is 15 to 8, who came second last year. Santini is a late addition um, this week, uh, perhaps a surprise one by Nicky Henderson. He's 6 to 1 with Nico de Boinville riding. Lost in Translation, who bombed out of this race last year, 7 to 1. Real Steel, another Paul Nichols runner, 14 to 1 with. Daryl Jacob jocked up. St. Calvados last seen in the Ryanair, uh, 16 to 1 for Harry Whittington. Waiting patiently, 20 to 1 for Ruth Jefferson with Brian Hughes on board. Brian Frost, um, partners for Auden, yet again another Paul Nichols horse in the race at 25 to 1. And the outside of the field for Tom George and Tom Scudamore is Black Op, 66 to 1. Last year's race, then, lads. Um... The, the big question coming into it was was which um, which horse would Harry Cobden partner and uh, he he went for surname and uh, and, and Clanders Obo went and claimed his second King George is is back for a a third um, reflecting on last year quickly um, what happened to surname I, I I don't think he particularly stayed I was I know he's since won over three miles of the Charlie Hall but at the time it certainly seemed like he faded pretty tamely. Uh, he lost a lot of ground quickly with Clanders Oboe, but it was just um, a complete mess of a race, and it's not one that I'd be drawing too many uh, conclusions from with regards to this year's race. Uh, it's, Clanders Oboe was the only horse we're talking about in that race, because every other one either disappointed. Uh, Footpub in third was a long way back. He's since been sold to America, I think. ASO is not grade one class and lost in translation, never went a yard, and I know he then sort of overcame that in the Gold Cup to finish third, but uh, in the Betfair chase this season, he was absolutely horrific. And Colin Tizard's sale is still in horrific form. Um, so it's probably 
not a, a race to really focus on too much, um, except the fact that Klander Zobo's won this two years in a row, and we know he loves Kempton. So, coming into this year's race, um, surname, obviously the highest rated horse in training, um, and his victory at Weatherby was was mightily impressive. Um, can he banish those uh, memories from last year? I think he can. I think he's probably a different horse this year, to be fair, because there was a lot of doubts going into that Charlie Hall about whether he'd, one, get the trip, and two, whether he'd be able to go left-handed. Now, I know the left-handed doesn't apply here, but um, it's just another box you can tick with regards to saying, now you know he can go left-handed. And he's eight now, and he looked a lot more mature in that race, uh, albeit um, I, I don't really know what he'd beat in that vindication. I think it's fair to say he's a much better horse going right-handed and uh, jumps pretty poorly that day. And the rest of them are kind of a lot of no-hopers, really, or sort of getting old and past it. Um, but you'd, you'd, you'd definitely have more confidence this year with turning than you would have done last year. But whether that's enough to think that he'll be able to overturn the form with Klander Zobo is another thing. Mm. And, and coming on to Klander Zobo then, um, going for his hat-trick, three wins uh, in a row in this race. Ben, I think that Betfair chase run from Klander Zobo, you, you, you had to be really impressed by it. I mean, he's taken on Bristol Demay, whose favourite track is Haydock in bottomless ground. And he ran perfectly well and you know, Paul Nichols said beforehand that he'd be primed for that race, and and he was. Yeah, well, I think if he was primed for that race, he'll definitely be primed for for the King George. He probably needed to um, blow the cobwebs off uh, to some extent, um, and although he didn't quite get past Bristol Demare, who we all know absolutely adores Haydock, um, it was still a massively encouraging run, um, and he'll be in tip-top condition to try and get. Um, a third King George but the competition is arguably uh, a lot well Suriname's obviously a better horse this year I think uh, there's a bit of more of a supporting class in terms of numbers the quality I'm not sure of um, but it's certainly going to be an exciting battle if it does end up again being between Clan and, and Suriname then I think it's going to be a lot closer than it was last year I've always been one that's not necessarily been sold on Clan Zobo as a horse. Um, but that uh, running the Betfair chase uh, was astonishing to me. The ground he wouldn't have liked. And he always comes on for a run. But he was travelling all over Bristol to my, uh coming up to two out, I think. And then just bottomed out and got tired, as he's entitled to do. Um, Bristol to my was on his home track, on his home surface. And to run like that, put points like that... Um, I thought was massively impressive and he will definitely come on from that. Um, and he's, he's definitely the one to beat here. Uh, defending champion, obviously. But then I, I think, to be honest with you, that, that run might, might be the best that I've seen from him. Um, to get that close to Bristol for my, uh, given his poor record when fresh and, and the ground and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I was, I was massively taken by it, to be honest. Looking at the rest of the field, I mean, Santini has been supplemented uh, for this race. I don't know about you. I, I just, you lads, I just can't get excited by him, really. I, I, I couldn't really tell you what his 
what his optimum conditions are. Could you uh, shed a light on that and whether this, uh, I this might yeah. be? Chelton, gold up there. Yeah. He's, he's slow as a boat. He, I mean, I think Nick, I read yesterday when he was supplementing that Nicky Henderson said they need to finish fifth to get the feedback, which in fairness he should do. But like this would be his worst nightmare. Flat track, three miles. It's you need speed around here, and he hasn't got it. He hasn't got tactical speed. And I mean, I have been following Santini since his novice hurdling days. Um, Nick Henderson was saying that he, he's a horse that just needs to run all the time, and he loves his work. So I, maybe he's, this is a case of he's submitting here, so he's a bit more straight for the Cotswold Chase at Cheltenham next month. But uh, I, I think if, the, if if he started running now, he still wouldn't win. I, I just don't see how he can. And it, it pains me to say that because he's a horse that I, I really like and uh, I know a lot of people don't because he it's a bit of a difficult one to, to get a gauge on. But um, I've been following him for a while. I just, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't possibly have him in this. He said he just had a little idea of the weekend, didn't he? And just, just to put him in. And it's nice if you can do that. I mean, just chuck him on your big horse into a big race and he doesn't, doesn't have anything else. Um, to throw in, so I don't think we will, anyone will be expecting him to win really. Um, if he comes in the top three, I think it'll be a, a brilliant result. Um, but yeah, I agree with Harry, too slow to win this. Um, in my notes, yeah, I've literally just got big bolt, that's what he is. I mean, the, uh, about, he, sorry, he was beaten at this meeting two years ago in uh, the quarter stand notice chase, he was three and a half lengths behind the bag of wear. I mean, that form would uh. Will not be anywhere near good enough in this. I know it's I difficult mean, to compare novice and, and then old older form, but um, he looks he looks pretty awkward round Kempton that day. Uh, someone who backed him that day, I remember, remember watching it, and it just didn't look comfortable at any stage. So, as I said, they need to finish fifth to get the supplementary feedback. So it would be a bonus if he comes third or fourth, or maybe even fifth. But the reason is that Nick Henderson said that he loves his work, he loves his racing, doesn't take that much out of himself, and um, it'll be. It'll be more straight for the Cotswold Chase in a month's time. Yeah, one horse uh, that we haven't mentioned that I'd like to, uh, before we get into the selections, is uh, is Waiting Patiently, who we haven't seen since last year's uh, Tingle Creek, which is over just under two miles. This is back up to three, but um, I don't know about you, Laz, but I, he, he got bought down in the King George a couple of years ago. Um, he was actually travelling quite well. Um, obviously... It's a, a big chance that you're taking if you're going to back him with uh, over a year off the track. But what, what do you reckon uh, back at Kempton for this horse? I think it's a big ask. Um, off a year off, um, stepping back up in trip. Um, there's no doubt he was travelling well in, in the King George two years ago, but um, obviously he's two years older now. Um, I think you would have liked to have seen him back a little bit earlier um, in the in a race of lesser quality. Um, but yeah, I don't think I could be backing him for this, but I'd like, he's a horse I'll be following later on in the season. Um, but this will be a, I assume it'll just be a, a blowing the cobwebs off it'll end up being. I don't say you could, I don't say you could back him. I mean, this is a horse who's raced four times since February 2018. He's not won any of them. Does anyone know what his optimum trip is? He's been tried over two, he's been tried over two and a half, two and a bit, two and a half and a bit further, three. I know he was travelling well in that King George a couple of years ago, but it was still a, um, 
a circuit left. And given what we know now about Klander's oboe, uh, I wouldn't say that he would have beaten him. Um, yeah, pretty well, much every you, time he, he ran, he ran really well in that Tingle Creek last year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could. Yeah, I again, no, like a different different ball game, and again, I don't know the form of that. Uh, under so since retired, um, definitely the soy. I know he won the Clarence House after that, but even disappointed. And, and again, in that Tingle Creek, he was flying home at the end, so that would have been the stamina kicking in more so than. Like I know he, he's lost by a length in the end, but that's that's flattering him a lot. Uh, two and a, in the Mellinger Aintree same year he was absolutely smoked by Min uh, in the Ascot Chase uh, 2019 as well smoked by Surname I think this is just a horse who isn't grade one quality I know he's won a grade one but he beat geriatric cue card by two and three quarter lengths in, in the Ascot Chase in 2018 that was his last win so uh, I, I I don't think he's a a grade one horse, a fantastic horse for connections. Obviously, we'd all dream of having a horse like him, but in terms of winning this or, or anything, you've got A, race fitness, and B, there's just a complete golfing class. Uh, but given the rest of the field, 20 to 1, maybe, I don't know if there's firms paying four place or whatever, as, as you often get, but um, maybe run into a place, but I'm, I'm not so sure. So then, uh, who wins the King George this year and is there any value uh, further down? I'm going to say the, the form of last year is going to be reversed and I think Surname is going to win. I'm going to give him a second chance in this race. Um, as for value further down, not really sure. Don't think Frodon wants three miles in a grade one. Um, Lost in translation, he's a huge, huge step up from his uh, season seasonal opener. Um, and as for that, Black Ops not this quality. Saint Calvados, I think, probably doesn't want three miles. Um, yeah, surname for me. Um, what is he? Fifteen to eight, two to one. I think that's decent value. I think there's only two or two can win this, and that would be Clanazobo and surname. Um, I'll start with value elsewhere. I don't think there is any because I couldn't put a thing on who's going to come third in this. They've all got their problems. Santini's clearly the best of the rest, but I'm not sure if I'd fancy him round Kempton to place. Um, uh, it's been interesting watching the marketplace over the last few days, actually, because surname was favourite and that has drastically changed. Uh, and Clanders is now 13 to it. I think he was 94-5 to 2 and surname was around... So yeah, no, I just found that, that completely so, bonkers. Yeah, uh, well, it was the it was the way that surname won, wasn't it? More than anything, he was just travelling all over him. But um, I, yeah, it's a it's, surname's been a weird one for me because whenever I've backed him, he's been awful, and whenever I've gone against him, <laughs> he's won. So uh, I, it will probably win this, but I just think that. Kempt, the Kempton former Clanders Oboe's record in the race, the, the fact that so many previous winners of this race have won it multiple times. Um, and it, it, I was so impressed by his running the, in the Betfair chase that I'd have to go for Clanders Oboe. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Clanders Oboe for me is 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 the what is the one to beat. Um, no doubt his surname was very impressive la the last day, but um, yeah, so taken by that uh, Haydock run from 
clanders over. I, I don't think he gets beat. Uh, I might just give a little squeak each way for real steel, but it, it's not. It's not a very positive. Sorry, it's not very. I don't, yeah, that's what I, I mean. I was just looking at it then when I was saying that. I'm not sure there's one of the outsiders that you could definitely put up as a confident each way selection. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Let's move on then to the uh, Christmas hurdle, which is the uh, race previously, the 225 on uh, on Boxing Day at. Uh, Kempton and it's a grade one over two miles and it sees the return of Epitont a best prize four to eleven up there as well Silver Streak who was uh, second in the international hurdle Russian at nine to one so royal tens Baliandi 12 to 1 Floressa 20 to 1 and the outsider of the field is Diego Deschamil for Paul Nichols so uh, the return of Epitont, uh, again, after that outstanding performance in the Fighting Fifth. But before we get on to her, we uh, previewed the uh, the international hurdle on our last podcast. Uh, what do we think of, of that race? And um, song for someone, the eventual winner. Um, the form from that, anything to take out of it? I mean, obviously, Goshen was uh, a significant um, significant underachiever in, in that one. But uh, what do we think of the race uh, overall? Well, I mean, personally, as somebody back Silver Streak, I I take pain from that race. Um, if, it's another five yards. Silver Streak would have got up at nine to one. But the form, I would say, you probably can't read too much into because they obviously took out uh, the hurdles in the home straight, which, if anything, probably hindered Song for Someone more so than the others uh, because he's such a natural jumper of the hurdles that. He, he makes lengths at those and where the others like Silver Streak might lose them. Um, but it was just a completely messy race. Obviously, Goshen had, for me, a lot of questions to answer anyway. Certainly even more now. Uh, the way he rode, uh, the way Jamie Moore rode him was weird. Uh, such an exuberant front runner last year to be sort of restrained and then subsequently lit up because because of that uh, was odd. Then obviously he's found out he's got a fibrillating heart. Um, so he needs to bounce back from that. Uh, I'm, I know he's jocked up, but I'm not totally convinced he'll run in this. Um, but I think we we know that all of these rivals, barring um, the violent intervention, pretty much can't beat Everton. Yeah, I agree. Um, the international hurdle, I thought I was on gosh and I was disappointed. Obviously, we know he's had that, that heart issue coming out of it. And I was surprised to see him entered in this so soon uh, after that race. Um, like Harry said, whether he goes is another matter. Um, if he does, he's got a, a hell of a lot to prove, especially against the epitome. But if he, if he actually sticks to a front-running plan, um, then, I don't know, maybe he'll... He'll not finish last. That's all. The problem, the problem you'd say with that though is if he runs like that against Epitom, it's just going to set it up for her because she she wants a strong pace yeah. and she will come from off that. So, like, how do you beat Epitom with, with Goshen? I don't think anyone beats her. Not in this no, race. Well, anyway. I know, I know. But like, you know, playing devil's advocate, looking how how did how do you beat her? Um, so Royal will be held up, and unless he tries to sort of mess around with 
Everton a little bit. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. It, try and find an angle in this. I mean, Goshen's main thing would be that front-running style, but the issue is that it just completely... I mean, it would make things even easier for Everton. So, like I hear on Matt Chapman, say she wins like a travelling thing on the snaps. Yep. It, it looks like she she is pretty formidable uh, for this and um, and the rest of the season. Uh, four to eleven at the minute. I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, a lot uh, a bit shorter. I think, on the day. I think that's value. I, I, like, I agree. Yeah. Like she's how far clear is she on the field here on ratings? So she's she's getting seven pounds off off uh, all of them. Obviously, Bar Floressa. Yeah. But the, the, she's rated one six two. The next highest rated is Silver Street one five eight. So she's got eleven pounds in hand and already beaten Silver Street. Uh, three times well I, I'll call that two because obviously Silver Street was carried out in the fight in fifth but like we know Silver Street can't beat Everton and I think you can, I think you might still be able to get two to one on I mean it's theft yeah. Yeah, this will make an excellent soundbite won't it if, if something goes wrong <laughs> like with Boover Dare the other year when he was beaten by the Dana Blue at um, stupid odds on but I don't know she just looks like a machine I mean I know it didn't work out for Sir Royal in the fight in fifth. He didn't want to be in front all that way out. But the way like Aiden Common just gave her a squeeze and she just flew past him, um, it is just special. And you just hope that the horses who look this good can keep winning because um, they really put the sport on the map. Yeah, I, I I just don't get that price at all. I I said it the last time we we spoke. I I, I feel like she, I don't know, she doesn't get the the credit in the market like. I mean, yeah, she should be one to five, one to six easily in this. Um, it, it's just because that that champion hurdle was uh, last year was such a poor race that people have said, oh, yeah, Peton just kind of won on default. But you have to look at that fighting fifth, and she was absolutely brilliant. Just just the way she goes over a hurdle is, is just uh, magnificent. Um, so uh, three votes there for Epiton to win the uh, Christmas hurdle for a second year in a row. Um, we'll touch upon uh, the uh, other couple of uh, big races from uh, the next day on uh, on the cards at Kempton. Uh, the first one is the 120, which is the Lambrick's Wayward Lad Grade 2 contest over two miles. And, uh, well, here we see another odds-on shot. It's uh, Shishkin, uh, best price 1-4 to four, uh, at the moment to take this one um, in the uh, anti-post uh, market again. Uh, we're just just stressed that we haven't got the declarations, so these are just the anti-post prices uh, at the moment. Gumball is four to one. Elusive Bell five to one. Tamarock Dumathan at seven to one, and uh, Quick Grabim is at fourteen uh, to one. Whether all of those turn up remains uh, to be seen, but it looks like it'll be five runners at this stage. And uh, Shishkin, well, we we spoke about him. Uh, last time about how impressed we were with his uh, debut at the track and uh, is this another race on the road to the Racing Post Arkle at Cheltenham? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I think the only other horse in this race that looked very impressive was Gumball and he, when he was running at, at Cheltenham last time until he fell, I think he was probably going to win that race. Um but he's definitely not a patch on Shishkin. Nowhere near. Um, and if he's running up to his potential in the the, the class we saw in his, his chasing debut, he should probably win this by a long way. 
Yeah, it should just really be another schooling exercise effectively for Shishkin. I mean, I know I agree that Gumball would have won that day, but when you look at the form, Eldorado Allen, who won it, was then uh, smoked in the Henry VIII novices at Sandown. Keldestan, uh, he was smoked at Chantum again after that. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's not much in it. Obviously, that can happen when you get a horse as good as Shishkin. It, it scares a lot of these uh, these horses and and that off but um, it, it would be staggering if he beat here and again four to one on I mean that that seems like value again <laughs> it, it seems it seems ridiculous to me saying that and he's only rated eight pounds clear of Gumball but from what we've seen we know he's comfortably better than Gumball he was better as a novice hurdler he's better as a novice chaser like, and he's won round Kempton he should just win and, and obviously the form from the Supreme again um, with Abacadabras, who's who won the Morgiana, obviously. Um, yeah, it should just be uh, one to sit back and enjoy, and, and hopefully, this is another horse who can be the real deal and go on to Chant and do the business. Definitely. Quickly, where, where will he go after this? Well, it was interesting looking at um, Altior's record. Obviously, you'd imagine he's following the same path, and Altior actually came out of Novice Company to win the game Spirit, uh, beating Fox Norton in 2017 when he was a novice and Fox Norton ended up second in the champion chase that year. So uh, you would imagine, well, I mean, I would imagine that he'll probably just wait for Cheltenham. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think there's too many big novice chases between now and then that, that would sort of interest him unless he wanted to go out of uh, novice company. But I, I don't think he'd be doing that because game spirit might itself be an option for, for Alti or so. Uh, so that was Shishkin. And now uh, Harry's teed it up very nicely. On to Altior then, who uh, bypassed the uh, Tingle Creek a few weeks ago to the uh, howls of derision of the racing public. Uh, the 2.30 at Kempton on the 27th then is the Labrooks. Desert Orchid Chase, uh, grade two over two miles. And uh, Altior is com uh, comfortably the... Uh, Favourite at four to seven. Put the kettle on is uh, not going to be coming over with the uh, Irish restrictions. So she will be out of the betting. Duke de Ginevra, uh, obviously the price will be um, affected by that. Duke de Ginevra at the moment is four to one. Rouge V5s. So Royal is entered in this as well. Eights. Uh, Nube Negra, 11 to one. 12 to one sizing Potsy and it's uh, 20 to one bar. Um, Altior then, uh, it's it's hard to gauge where he's at at the minute. We've only seen him uh, with a race course gallop alongside uh, Epiton. But um, does he just win this or um, is, is someone going to put it up to him? I'd hope so. Um, given that Duke de Geneva is now second favourite and was beaten by Put the Cattle On. And if Put the Cattle On was beating Altior, I'd be pretty disappointed. Uh, and the rest of them, yeah, Rouge Vif shouldn't be beating Altior. Nuba Negra has got £16 to find at the weights. Um, yeah, I, it's obviously a difficult one. I mean, I, I've always thought that Altior is a lot happier going left-handed. And in fact, to be fair, Duke Geneva being in it will help him because he'll get a nice pace to aim at. Um, and he's a horse who always stays the two miles really well. And obviously being a flat track, that will help massively. It wouldn't want to let Duke never get too far ahead, but it will bring him into the race nicely. And 
yeah, as, as I'd like to think most people who like jump racing would be out to a fans. If he was getting beat here, it would be significantly disappointing. Uh, but Nicky Anderson has said that he will run regardless of monsoons and the like because uh, Kempton is a much different track when it's heavy to sand down, apparently. Um, make it that way you will, but... Uh, yeah, still not trusting. Still not yeah, trusting. you never know, yeah. I mean, he, he should run, he should win. Again, the, the price he is currently uh, should look like value afterwards, and I expect him to go on from here. Uh, I think he might run in the Clarence House at Ascot next month. Um, further than that, I'd obviously go to Newbury for the game spirit and then on to Cheltenham. But, um, yeah, just hoping to see a good, a good run, obviously. We've only seen him once since November last year, so uh, it's difficult to put a gauge on, really, and he's 10, 10 and 11, so uh, approaching the twilight of his career, but I would definitely expect him to win this fairly easily, although he never really makes it look easy. Yeah, he should He should really be winning this, and there's nothing in the competition that's particularly threatening Rijviv. Um was seen as someone with a lot of potential before the Tingle Creek and he got put in his place by um, Politolog. The only real interesting thing in here is Saw Royals. He ran Altio very close in the champion chase two years ago, I think it was. Yeah, there's nothing in here that should really get close to him. Um, four to seven is probably as good as value as you're going to get for one of these shorties um, all week. And obviously, you just mentioned that form line through Rouge Vif. Like, if I mean, if you, if Altior doesn't win this, you you can forget the champion chase. If he doesn't win this, there's no excuses. His record fresh is brilliant. Uh, obviously, he's unbeaten over two miles and two and a quarter or whatever. Like, yeah, if he if he doesn't win this, um, it, the game would be up. You're listening to the brand new Match Day FM podcast you agree or more likely disagree with our panel's views and let us know you can find us on twitter we're on at matchdayfm we're also on facebook just search for matchdayfm talk quickly about the uh, the old mudlark which is the uh, coral welsh national which is uh, the feature race at pipstow on the 27th um over three miles six and a half furlongs and um Obviously, no uh, confirmed declarations, but uh, a horse that has been really well back for this is uh, Secret Reprieve uh, for Adam Wedge and uh, Evan Williams, who won the uh, the trial of, for this race. And um, is he going to go and uh, do it again, uh, Harry? Yeah, I mean, you'd be taking a big chance at that at that price. A horse who's never ran ran close to uh, the distance in the Welsh National uh, five to one. It's Skinny enough. I know he's won it heavy on Chepstow, which is obviously a big plus because I think this race has never been run on anything other than heavy. Seems to be every year. It's just it's ridiculous ground. But um, I mean, yeah, given that the weight he's carrying, he would if he stayed, he would be the most likely winner. Clearly, in the market's priced as so. But I think I'd rather pick some else at bigger odds and take him on than a horse who's got to stay another. A good half a mile further than he's ever been before. I think he's very short. Um, the secret reprieve had crack up me back in at that price, and I want to take him on. I'd love to back Clyde Glenn, being a, a Hemmings horse, but he's still the same rating as when he was comprehensively beaten at Sandown last time, so I'm not really sure I can have him 
Um, the Leon Rouge is at one four four after winning the Beecher uh, entry. Um, he's won off one four six before, but that was nearly four years ago now, and obviously he's he's getting on a bit. Um, but I wouldn't rule him out. Um, the horse I really like is the one that came second last year, Trucker's Lodge. Um, came second to Potter's Corner, then went on to win the Midlands National. Um, he's sixteen pounds higher than he was. Uh, this time last year um, but I think he's got enough class in him to defy it and I take your point Joe about this always being an absolute mud, uh, mud bath I watched this the year that Nancy River won it, I think it was 2016 so I was in um, Peter watching Preston and I was watching it on my phone and he was cutting out every 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 5-10 seconds and hopefully he's not as as bad this uh, this year well, you won't, you won't have any issue uh, watching it from Peter <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, not this year. <laughs> Had to uh, put the uh, put the uh, boot in there. Um, who wins the uh, Welsh National then? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to agree with Ben. Uh, the, the, the two I sort of well, there's three, there's three I like in this. Um, Ramsey's the Tay. It just stays all day, but he was really disappointing in the beach last time. Um, but he could go well with the ground he'll absolutely love. Vierly on Rouge, um, our good friend Chris Coughlin was obviously with me at Aintree for that beach chase day. Oh, good friend. I've been, I've been, um, I've been uh, back in Vierly on Rouge religiously since about 2016 when he won the beach, actually, and then won the Grand, Grand National Trial at Haydock. And he's not won much since then. Uh, but anyway, I didn't back him in the beach and obviously won by 24 lengths. And then um, Coughlin can verify I was... Uh, in a bad way after that. Um, but he's only at four pounds for that win and he was absolutely awesome. We know he stays uh, this trip, no problem, ground, no problem. David Pike's been in good form. So an each way price, 16 to one thereabouts, I think that's, that's cracking value. But yeah, Trucker's Lodge for me um, was unlucky last year uh, in this only lost by a length and three quarters to Potts Corner. Then absolutely bolted up in the Midlands national on heavy ground um, and that's over an extra half a mile so again stamina you're absolutely not concerned about one bit had something of a prep run for this um, at Kelso but unseated and yeah I know he's carrying obviously a lot more weight this year than last year but uh, he's an older horse he's more experienced and yeah um, we know he likes to ground we know he likes to track uh, I think certainly at 12 to 1 you're looking at what over 2 to 1 for a place I think that's that's brilliant each way value You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. And now let's have a look at some of the action over in Ireland. And it is absolutely mouthwatering, isn't it? Uh, four days of action uh, from uh, Leopardstown and uh, a, a grade one as well from, from Limerick. It is a truly special time of uh, of the year if you're a racing fan. We'll look at three of the big races um, and then touch on the the uh, novice uh, races, the great ones. Uh, there's, there's there's so much to talk about. Um, the uh, one ten on uh, the twenty seventh uh, at Leopardstown is the Paddy's Rewards Club Chase, Grade One, over two miles and a furlong, and it sees Chacun Possois uh, back out uh, again. 
Shakan Poussoir heads the betting uh, for this one at one to two. Put the kettle on is in the betting at the minute. Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see if she turns up uh, for this one. Uh, notebook in there as well. Uh, last season's uh, novice and Min as well could potentially run here. It's a, a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. Aplutar, Castle Grace, Paddy, Melanin. Even Sampro has an entry uh, for this, but we, we might see him in the uh, in the three-mile uh, race. Uh, what do we think of this one? Shaq uh, and Pussoir is um, reappearance last time um, at Cork. Will he improve for that? And uh, do you think he'll get, um, get beat here at all? Uh, I think he'll improve. Um... He did it very workmanlike uh, last time, and his winning margin was probably accentuated by the fact that Cashback and um, I think it was Jingle, was it, who both fell at the uh, at, at the last fence. Uh, it was absolute carnage. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a talented horse, and if you keep him fit, he's he should be going head to head with Altio at the um, at the festival, um, but there's a lot of talented horses being entered for this. Whether they all run is a is a different matter. Um, Min being ten to one, I would assume that he probably won't run in this, and I'd just keep him to like two and a half mile kind of races um, if he's going for the Ryanair again. Uh, put the kettle on an interesting one. Obviously, she can't go over to to England, um, but I don't think she's in the class of of Shackon. Um, and I think this should be a a relatively easy win for him because I don't think I think quite a lot of the field will probably come out of this. Yeah, I think he has to improve certainly on what he did last time. Uh, I wasn't impressed much to be honest. I thought he, I know he was off the track a while, but I thought he should have been maybe further clear of the fallen rivals when they when they did fall than he was, and he was making a little bit of hard work of it. Uh, he was beaten in this last year by Apple Tab, but hadn't hadn't had a run that season before that, and then obviously came out and beat Min. I would um, be astonished if Min ran in this. Uh, I I imagine he'll follow the same program as last year. We know Willie Mullins does follow winning programs with horses that win at Cheltenham, like Albin Photo, and he last year obviously uh, ran twice before Cheltenham. Uh, he ran at the Dublin Racing Festival as well when he was beaten by Shaq and Poussoir, then went to the Ryanair. So I imagine he'll do the same this year. Uh, Aplutar, I think their their plan is to run in the Savills chase. So that's another one out. Sam Crow won't run in this. Uh, so you're probably looking at Shaq and Notebook and put the kettle on. Uh, put the kettle on's form is diabolically bad. The Arkle form is awful. Um, the uh, form from the year before that is awful, and I couldn't possibly have a beaten Chuck and Poursoir and Notebook again. Beating Fakir Duderi is not um, not great form as as that's what put the cattle on has achieved. I don't think either of them has beaten a, a well even a, a top class novice chaser, let alone a, a top class chaser. So uh, I expect Chuck and Poursoir to win. The concern would be obviously, well, he's only had four four runs since May last year so uh, let's tell you how difficult it's been obviously he was pulled out uh, the morning before the champion chase with a Stonebury so it'd be maybe a difficult well certainly one of the more difficult ones to take the odds on about but uh, he's miles clear on ratings in this he's got uh, about £9 in hand on notebook so yeah again 
this is one where if you get beat here, uh, the champion chase is looking like a tall order. So uh, I think he really has to win, and he should do. Next up is the uh, Savills at Chase, which is, well, it's 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 been a a Gold Cup trial really uh, for the past uh, few years. It's the uh, two twenty five on the twenty eighth. So a lot of the horses that we saw in the uh, in the Gold Cup repose here, but the favourite is uh, Manila Indo. Uh, at this stage, uh, a best price uh, fifteen to eight, presenting Percy. Uh, has come come out uh, and won this season for his new trainer uh, Gordon Elliott is four to one. Delta Work last year's winner is nine to two. Kemboy is around seven to one. Aplutar, as I mentioned, is in at uh, seven to one as well. Alaho ten to one, and uh, Monoli is also in this, along with uh, potentially Sam Crow at uh, twelve to one, and it's fourteen to one bar. Um, lads, uh, Manila Rindo then. Uh, Quite short, really, for, for what he's done. Um, would you be looking to take him on in this? Uh, probably. Um, he's obviously had two uh, runs in open company after being novice last year. He got chased down by Champ at the end of the RSA. Um, his last win against Brahma Bull is definitely uh, very, very workmanlike. Um, and there's a lot of quality in this field. Presenting Percy now, Gordon Elliott. Um, we know he's a quality horse. Uh, Delta Work has won big races in the last few years. Uh, even Sam Crowe, steps up in trip. Um, he's undoubtedly got quality, but whether he stays the the, the three miles remains to be seen. Um, one that interested me was the storyteller who won the champion chase at Down Royal. Um, it was a very tight finish between him and Chris's dream and beat a number of of good horses there. Um, obviously, Chris's dream went on to kind of let that form down um, by finishing about over 20 lengths behind Min last time out. Um, but there was a few good horses in behind the storyteller that there, presenting Percy, Delta Work. They might have needed the run, but um, the storytellers won at a big price that I'm looking at but Manila uh, Indoor sorry um, if he's got Gold Cup aspirations he won't want to be finishing in in the top three at least you'd assume or within a couple of lengths of the winner um, but he's definitely a race I'm very excited for with a lot of quality horses in the field Yeah to be honest with you I think the field against Manila Indoor we we know how good they all are. They're all exposed chasers now. Uh, I know presenting Percy won, but he had a race fitness advantage over his rivals that day, and it was over two and a half miles. Uh, this is obviously back up to three, and uh, I think we know he's probably not good enough, albeit a lot of um, the racing crowd seems to think he he still might be. Um, Delta work again. We know how good we know how limited he is. Kenboy the same. Athlete Tad would be interesting stepping up to three miles, but. Uh, Manila Indo clearly has the potential to be a Gold Cup contender a uh, younger horse got any amount of, of ability and I know he's beaten nothing really yet but uh, the price in, in him would reflect the, the confidence that, that punters so far have, have probably had in him and again it, if any of these are going to win a Gold Cup he, he's the most likely one so uh, I think he's the most likely winner in this I'd, I'd be probably a little bit disappointed if if he did get beat, 
because then you'd have to say, well, we know the others probably can't win a gold cup, so you'd say he'd be he'd be falling into the same category. But I think he'll I think he'll win. Um, he 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 should have won the RSA, but he walked through the last and then got a bit lonely in front. Obviously, champ mode him and Alaho down, uh, but he he did start rallying again when when champ went past. So. Uh, Again, again, three miles up the Cheltenham Hill is is different to three miles at Leopardstown. So I'd be I'd be disappointed if he didn't win. There, there were some murmurings that Champ uh, might have uh, gone over for this, but obviously the restrictions are uh, we're we're not going to see that, which is uh, unfortunate. But yeah, Manila Indo um, very nicely uh, back to the top of the market. Uh, ben, who are you uh, name your colours to? Uh, well, like you, I uh, said a few weeks ago, I'd really like to see Champ in this, and I think that was the plan until Nicky Henderson ruled him out, I think, uh, end last week. But my pick, uh, since I've talked up the storyteller, I think I'll have to go for him each way, but I don't think he'll ever win a Gold Cup. Um, but I do think he's very battle-hardened, and... I don't fancy any of the, the ones at the top of the market, the odds they are, so I'll, I'll go for a speculative each way on the storyteller. You're listening to Matchday FM. It was isn't a hoot. <laughs> we all laugh now. Was there any point when you were just like, please stop? I remember watching that match and I was thinking, when is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, just watching the end of this match and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Esner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who yeah, both of them. This is Match Day FM, home of sporting banter and debate. Finally, the uh, other big race we're going to... Uh, discuss uh, from Ireland uh, in depth is the uh, Matheson hurdle. Uh, well, we we talked about the uh, the two mile hurdling division earlier with the uh, Christmas hurdle over at Kempton, uh, and this one looks to be uh, a cracker. To be fair, uh, we've got a lot of these horses that are opposing from the uh, Morgiana hurdle, plus the Willie Mullins pair of Sharjah and Saudier. Here's the uh, anti post. Uh, prices uh, at the moment. Sanwa is uh, 13 to 8. Abacadabras is around 2 to 1. Aspire Tower 9 to 2. Sharjah is 7s. 10s for Saudi A and the rest of the field. Bigger prices for Beacon Edge, Putty Mouchoir and Court Sublime. So uh, if all 8 turn up, that'd be nice three places, but we, we'll see on that one. Um, Reflecting on that Morgiana, then I think we did touch on it last time. But um, Sarawa, uh, I think you both liked him and thought that he, or he should have won that day. Uh, will he be better primed uh, this time to to beat Aspire Tower and um, uh, excuse me and Abacadabras? He should be, but the problem is again, Mike Mike Walsh will be riding, so it's difficult um, to have a <laughs> a, jo- a jockey who's is completely capable of losing on good horses on board. Um, <clears throat> he is the most talented in the race. I know he got beat last time, but uh, Mark Walsh handed it to Abacadabra, uh, albeit it was a good ride from Jack Henley on him. Um, but I, I think I find the market a little bit weird, to be honest, because Aspire Tower's really beaten Abacadabra and beat him pretty comprehensively as well in the WKD hurdle at Down Royal. Uh, Abacadabra is just a weak finisher. Um, and again, I know he won last time, and you say, well, how can he be a weak finisher? Only one, but like it was a downhill finish, and 
all the rivals are coming back to me, including Samwar, who had uh, walked through the last hurdle. Um, I couldn't possibly have Abacadabras for this. Uh, Aspar Tau, I think, has got a decent chance. Uh, but given how keen Samwar was last time, him going out in front will probably help set that, set that up for him. Albeit, I'd ride some, somewhere a lot closer to the pace. And then, obviously, the Willie Mullins pair of Sharjah and Saudia. Well, neither of them have had a run. Sharjah since the Championnat in March and Saudia since the Morgiana in 2019. Uh, Saudia would be a really interesting horse, but you just don't know how fit he is. And he's had a lot of problems. Uh, so... His price, would, I would maybe say, reflect the fact that he might not run, but I'm not too sure. It'd be, it'd be good to see him because it would add another uh, another bow to the champion hurdle market. But uh, as I said on this uh, previously, I think the only horse that could probably give Epiton a run for our money is somewhere. And I expect him to win this. Uh, I expect Mark Welch to learn from what went wrong last time and, and ride him differently. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be... Pretty disappointed if, again, if somewhere I got beat just because th- th- there is so much talent there. And we know he loves Cheltenham and stays further. So all that would make for a much more interesting champion hurdle. Uh, but I think, I think I'd think i go for somewhere to win and maybe Aspire Tower uh, to chase him home. I think it'll definitely be an interesting race if both Soldier and Sharjah turn up. Um, Soldier especially. But it's interesting that he actually won the Morgiana last year after a, a full year off. So he can definitely go fresh. Um, but like you said, he's pretty much made of glass. Um, has a lot of issues injury-wise. Um, and I'm pretty sure even before last year's, or it might have been after, I can't remember, the Morgiana, I tipped him up for the champion hurdle and then he obviously got injured again. So that never transpired. Um, Sharjah was a good second to in the champion hurdle. He's a competitive horse, but you really want to focus on the, the top three in the market. The um the horses that have been battling against each other. San well, obviously should have won against Abracadabras in the Morgiana. Um and asked by a tower, like Harry said, put away Abracadabras pretty comprehensively. And I'd like to ask by a tower last year. Um he came home to finish second in the in the triumph. Um I've already backed Santa uh, in my little uh, anti-post over Christmas so he's my selection um, but I think he'll be a very competitive race I don't think he'll he'll win by 10 or so lengths I think going into the final hurdle will be a battle but he should have the class to, to pull away So both going for Sanroir there um, quickly before we finish up um, I say quickly I mean we, we could talk for hours couldn't we but uh, we are time uh, limited uh, Three more Grade Ones, uh, two novice races, uh, one at Limerick on the on Boxing Day itself, the Fahim Novice Chase, and then uh, a day later is the uh, Future Champion Novice Hurdle at Leopardstown. Um, what 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 are both your thoughts on um, on those? Uh, Asterian Falange is the favourite at the moment for the uh, Novice Chase um, at uh, Limerick, and then as far as the uh, Future Champions uh, Hurdle. Uh, appreciate it and Bally Adam are in this. Um, so, uh, what are our thoughts on on those two? I, th- I imagine that Asirin Falange, I know he's entered as well in another chase at uh, Leopardstown, but uh, again, I think I said on this last time, it, it, he clearly has a preference of going right handed and Limerick is right on the track. So, I think you go here, it looks 
probably an easier Armbar Allen is actually into them both, but I don't think he'll run. Um yeah, I, I expect Asterian Fallon going right handed to have too much for the likes of uh Carl Reilly and Janada. Although uh Energumine is enter for this too. So it'd be interesting if he rocks up there again. I know he he's got another entry over over the four day period. Uh in terms of the novice hurdle, um <clears throat> if appreciate and ballad and both turn up, this would be a cracking race. And there's been a lot of talk obviously in, in recent weeks about horses avoiding each other during the season uh, before he gets to Cheltenham. But as we've seen with Paisley Park and Time Hill, how much better is it when they have a couple of meetings before they get to Cheltenham and it just builds the story up. Um, I think both of these are pretty talented. I know the clock wasn't um, favourable to Bally Adams' win last time um, and appreciate it. Uh, He was heavy odds on shot um, on his hurdling debut, but the horse in second actually came out and won since and boosted that form. So it looks a little bit better now. But um, these two are both at the head of the markets for Ballylam in the, in the Supreme and appreciating the Ballymore. And uh, it's just great if, if they'd both run. Um, I, I've i already backed Bally Adam for Cheltenham. And I know his uh, time wasn't great uh, when he ran last time. But um, he's already a grade one winner uh, as a novice hurdler. Uh, he was thought of an awful lot. Uh, as a when he was running in bumpers last season, I know appreciate was the same, and obviously went off favourite and was just collared in the champion bumper at Cheltenham. Um, but with Fernie Hollow, we now know he's out pretty much for the season, and well, well, certainly won't be running at Cheltenham. Um, these two could enhance uh, both their reputations uh, ahead of that. Uh, and yeah, as, as I've already backed him, I would start with Bally Adam. Well, I don't know how much more I can add to them uh, two races because you've pretty much summed up comprehensively. And You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. You Save my voice. Save my voice to me. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> what I've got in my notes is pretty much exactly what Harry said. I think Asterian Fallon should be tough to beat. Um, can't say I'm well and all Monkfish who are both entered uh, going for this. Um, and Asterian Fallon, Mullins said last year he always thought he was going to be a chaser even after those impressive hurdles wins he had. Uh, and for the the future champions, Novice Hurdle, it's uh, certainly if they both go, then appreciate it. Basically, Bally Adam could be one of the battles of the of the whole meeting. Um, and Bally Adam, he's cost a lot of money. Um, and he's definitely one of Cheaply Park's um, big guns for Cheltenham. Um, and I'd be probably taking him as well to win this um, but I think it I wouldn't be surprised if appreciate it does win um, but I think it'll be a very very close battle um, going to the line Great stuff uh, very quickly Cy the Burley does he win the Christmas hurdle or maybe Fury Road perhaps I'd be disappointed if he didn't uh, but well I'd be disappointed if he, either he or Fury Road didn't win obviously the Albert Bartlett form Again, he's looking rock solid uh, from Cheltenham. So that'll be a good battle. Obviously, we shouldn't really forget about Ronald Pump, who was second in the stairs hurdle last year. So there's some decent form there. I think Sider Bell has the most potential. And as I put him up as my older hurdler to follow on the most recent podcast, uh, I'll stick with him. I was just so impressed with his reappearance over two and a half miles. And we know he likes Cheltenham uh, down the line. And... If he can win this and go on to that, what a stairs hurdle is going to be after 
been a pretty bare division over the last few seasons. I've backed Burley, but I feel like a bit of a turn because I remember in the last podcast um, that I kind of tipped up Fury Road as a potential status hurdle winner um, at bigger odds. Uh, um, happens, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he's had one run, he beat Duke up um, last month. Um, I would have liked to have seen him go for the, the long walk um, that's just been at Ascot, but he stayed over in, in Ireland. Um, and Gordon, Gordon Elliott's pitting, could be pitting two of his big steam stars here. Um, but yeah, I have back side of Burley. And yeah, Ronald Pump can't be forgotten as well. Obviously, he finished second to, to Honeysuckle in the Hatton's Grace. Obviously, it's um, a shorter distance, but he. Um, we know he stays three miles at Cheltenham, so there's no reason why he won't stay these three miles at uh, in a high quality Christmas hurdle at, at Leopardstown. So could be a very good race, but yeah, I'd backside of early in this. Right then, to finish off, give us a give us a bet for uh, all our listeners over the Christmas period. Can be a treble, cheeky double, whatever takes your fancy. Uh, before I do that, I should just say as well, speaking of monkfish. He's entered uh, in a Grade One Lovers Chase at Leopardstown on Tuesday, uh, over three miles. So I imagine we'll see him, and hopefully he'll win before going on to the RSA. In terms of a bet, best bet for the week, uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll just go with a single. I won't push the boat out, uh, but one we've not talk, talked about who I think is a massive price is Shamblu in the. Corto Stan loves his chase on Boxing Day. He's currently two to one, but the second favourite in that is the big breakaway, somehow nine to four, after looking like an absolute pie on his last run when he was beaten by Bold Plan and just looked an awful ride. Uh, going three miles around a speed orientated track, we seen him. He looks like he needs about 10 miles, let alone anything else. Um, and the rest of this race is pretty weak. If the cap fits was smoked by Pim in a listed race, uh, Enrillo. Yeah, I don't think he's probably as good as Chamblou and the rest of it. Um, if you look at the market, it sort of speaks for itself. But Chamblou had pretty smart form as a novice hurdler. He was in the Ballymore, I think. And uh, he's had two starts as a novice chaser and been absolutely superb on both starts. Winged all his fences. Two to one here. Should be an absolute gift. A gift. And yeah, the Skelton's been in red hot form. Harry Skelton's been riding really well. Had some... Uh, big winners in recent weeks, likes of all mankind of Politolog. So he'd be my best bet for the four days. As someone who's not studied any of the races other than the ones we've covered, I'll just stick to the ones we've looked at because I've been too busy uh, investing in the darts this week. Oh. Um, had to get in there, sorry. Um, it, the odds I'll probably go, St. Wall is around 7 to 4, and that's. Um, probably the biggest so side of Burley's two to one they're the biggest of the ones in the graded races I think aside from the storyteller who's like a speculative punt he's not one that I uh, think to search so I'll probably go with um, side of Burley two to one um, will be a very good bet it should be anywhere but Chuckers Lodge as well 11's in the in the Welsh National I'll stick that one up as well yeah, uh, I I never like backing uh, backing favourites, so I'm gonna have to do some uh, some homework. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, the uh, Christmas racing covered on the Match Day FM podcast. Thanks to Ben, thanks to Harry. I hope you have a, a lovely Christmas, um, even if you might not be uh, at home. Uh,
make of it what uh, what you can and uh, all the best to everyone out there all the listeners merry christmas uh, from the match fm podcast team and uh, we'll see you uh, in the new year cheers <laughs>